And that is the sound of the incredible Slovenian fans uh, cheering Primoz Roglic to his Giro d'Italia win. Unbelievable. The fairy tales, the stories that came out of that. I am Kate Bates. We are here for the wheelhouse again. Uh, unfortunately, like most of the east coast of Australia, um, Joel has been struck down with the flu. Uh, so it is simply an empty chair where Joel normally sits. He does have the Parramatta jersey uh, sitting there in lieu of him. But uh, get well soon, Joel. But drafted in, co-host uh, in the making, in the training, Merksy, you're back. <laughs> this is twice now. I've got to have more <laughs> energy according to the feedback from last time. So I've had a Red Bull, Kate. Oh, excellent. you got to get excited. Um, I, uh, I'm tired after that Giro d'Italia. Oh, my gosh. I, I actually think that um, a whole heap of the couch peloton cohort are down with the flu as well uh, because it is pretty tough for Aussie cycling fans to stay up um, to ridiculous o'clock to cheer it on. And I've got to say, there was a lot of mutterings, especially uh, with Remco leaving early, that it was going to be one of the more boring tours that we've ever seen. Fairy tale after fairy tale. Uh, I don't think, um, Merksy, my view is that it certainly was not boring. Oh, the last week made up for it. Like it was a little bit slow, um, you know, those first few weeks, let's be honest. But it was just the grind, you know, the, the weather was horrendous um, and it was just about who could who could stay, you know, stay in the race really. Um, and, and our very own Jay Vine, you know, documented his struggles with the cold and and just how tough it was so those first few weeks i think were just about staying on the bike staying safe and just getting through that horrendous weather and those horrid conditions it kind of brings a whole new meaning to you got to be in it to win it like you Mm. you literally have to still be in the race uh, if you if you want to win it Hmm. i've got some numbers for you listen to this right 3,489 total kilometres, right? 51,000 metres of altitude gain across the whole three weeks. But the worst or best number, 14 seconds, Kate. 14 seconds is what Primoz won the whole Grand Tour by. It's mind-blowing. All of that and 14 seconds. Um, Quite remarkable. And for anybody who was watching live and also interacting on social media, I tell you what, Twitter was like a bomb because every time something would happen, uh, it would be a big comment on how poor uh, Primoz was going to lose this tour in the way that he won the Tour de France in 2020. I feel as though, Merksy, there were some fans with a little bit of post-traumatic stress going on (laughs) um, who were just absolutely on the edge of their seats wondering if he could pull it off. But aside from the fact that he did pull it off and by only 14 seconds, it's the way that he did it. It was like remarkable. You couldn't write, honestly, Hollywood could not write um, the the race itself with the mechanical uh, and even with the location of it. I know. Can we talk about the mechanical? Like talk about edge of your seat. Mm. Uh, We were falling off our seat. Was that, you know, watching that and as you say, Twitter, it was like, is he going to lose this again? It's like, you know, the Tour de France when his teammates were watching it slip away and it, it was incredible. And I think the fans, his Slovenian fans, because where the time trial was, was very close to the border. So he actually said that the fans gave him extra watts, 
which mm. is hard not to believe. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, they're pretty iconic images of Primoz Roglic coming up to the finish and with all of the Slovenian fans. Um, so it wasn't just that it was close to the um, border because it is this um, little pocket in Italy, Mount Lasari, between Austria uh, on one side and Slovenia on the other side. Um, but it allowed a bit of history for him and a little bit of connection to the place. Um, so you mentioned a mechanical. So he did get a mechanical um, while he was climbing the hill and a fella in a red shirt came to the rescue, uh, pushing him as well as um, the Yumbo uh, mechanic was giving him Remarkable. a helping hand. That spawned all these people on Twitter to literally say, I can't believe he's just lost the Giro like this. Mm. Like people just gave up on him straight away. Um, but in the end, then the hunt was underway for this guy in the red shirt. They were like, who is this magic guy who helped him? And in seriously fairy tale, Merxy, it ended up being a good friend of his uh, that he used to ski jump with and he used to share a room with uh, when they ski jumped together. You couldn't um, which write is pretty that remarkable. Script. You could not write it. And apparently um, all of them, the, the former ski jump teammates and the national coach, Mitchum Mesner, his name was, lined themselves. It, they came up with a plan, right? Every 300 metres up the climb, they were one by one to make sure that he pretty much didn't go a single section without having somebody cheering for him personally and really urging him on. So it's not just that there are all these Slovenian fans uh, with flags, which is incredibly powerful, but they were people really special to him and his sporting journey who one after the other. And so whether the mechanical happened here or further up the climb or further down the climb, there essentially would have been a former colleague um, teammate or coach there to help him. So, I mean, it was just beautifully. It, it was beautiful, beautifully done. And I like, it's like a cool running story. Like, I just love these stories. You really yeah. can't write them. It was incredible to witness. Uh, also beautiful was the podium. He had his his little boy on the podium, did the uh, the ski jump pose uh, that, that he always does on top of the podium. But I know it's controversial about having your kids on the podium, but I thought it was oh, a nice no. touch. I think it was a beautiful moment, right? It, it was needed. And and Garrett Thomas, he had uh, his child up there as well. So speaking of Garrett, I mean, I know you and Joel tipped uh, tipped Primoz. I just, he's just my favourite, Garrett. I mean, who could not love him after that Grand Tour? That's true. And there's been some commentary about that too. Like, yeah, I've always found him to be... Um, a little bit vanilla and there's nothing too much we've liked about him, but it's hard to not love him and respect him for the incredible sporting show that he put on. I mean, not just because he nearly won the Giro, because huge feat after all of those kilometres, as you say, only 14 seconds, but just his manner, the way he spoke about it. And after the time trial, when he knew it was over, because that final stage is really processional, uh, and he said... You know, he was just better than me. And he mm. said, it's better to have been smashed by Primoz and lose like that than it to be super close. And and ultimately, um, Primoz did kind of smash him in the time trial sense. And so I think that that gave Garen a little bit of comfort um, in the situation. But we discussed last week, it was his 37th birthday. 
Um, he made a few jokes himself about being an old man, uh, but he, he got it over the line. But I just think especially when so many of the stories and certainly coming into the Tour de France, we're going to be talking about um, Evenepoel, we're going to be talking about Vingegaard, we're going to be talking about Roglic, I mean, sorry, um, Pogacar, wrong Slovenian. Uh, these are the young guys, like they're in many ways still kids. I love that the sport still also has the contrast of these stories like Thomas and Roglic who are older, more mature athletes and have a bit more of a story uh, behind them. So I think if you didn't love Geraint Thomas at the beginning, you would least respect the heck out of him now. Um, and I think he's made himself very available to fans. You know, he does a, a podcast every night, literally. He does. It 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 rates yeah. nearly as as well as the as the wheelhouse. I've had a look at the, <laughs> um, the statistics. He's he's doing really well. So, go uh, search for the Garrett Thomas podcast after you listen to this one. Yes, what's occurring? I believe is what it's called. Um, so it, it's a cool and it's a clever name, and I think um, that how he finished the uh, the Giro off Mercy um, with his reinforcing. His long-time beautiful friendship with Cav, um, mm. I think that's something oh. that is going to be one of the defining moments of Cav's career uh, and of any kind of sport show of sportsmanship in the sport. Yeah, I think we need to talk more about that. Um, Mark Cavendish, he announced uh, during the Giro d'Italia that it was his last Giro and his last season, 2023, will be his last season. Uh, but we, we do need to talk about, he left it pretty late, didn't he, to win a stage. Sprinting into Rome, wins the last stage of the Giro. But back to Garen, he did it with the help of his former Sky teammate uh, who helped lead him out. Yeah, it's not the first lead out he's had from Garen Thomas, I can tell you that. I mean, they were teammates together at Sky and um, they've worked together at the Giro as well. And it's, I think that, what was so beautiful about the moment uh, is it's poetic for Mark Cavendish to win a Grand Tour stage at the Giro, the final stage, no less, going into Rome when this will be his final season because I don't know that he will get up um, at the Tour de France if he does, fantastic. But this would beautifully bookend a career that his Grand Tour victory started at the Giro. So, right, he, again, he's Hollywood, get up. hello. He's going to win is, a stage. He, oh, will break, well, he will break he, the record. Him and Peter Sagan? You he think will break Peter the Sagan's record. back, Merksy? <laughs> up against the fence. <laughs> what was so remarkable about the stage win uh, was that he essentially won because of Geraint Thomas's lead out, not his own team. So mm. uh, are Astana super pleased to get the stage win? Um, or are they kind of putting their tail between their legs and a little bit embarrassed now that um, Cavendish can possibly legitimately say that uh, he could have won a lot more stages had he had the team to Different back him lead up? Out train. Yeah, but I love what Garrett Thomas said uh, after that. He said, well, if I can't win the thing, I'm going to help an old mate win the stage. And I think, oh... There were some pretty beautiful embraces afterwards. And, there really um, was. He's a know, passionate it, guy, Cav. It, yeah, and, and these Cav and um, Thomas have not only been teammates at Sky, but, of course, for Great Britain and Olympics and on the track as well. And um, the story I told on last week's podcast about Garrett Thomas uh, rupturing his spleen in an accident 
uh, in Sydney ahead of a Track World Cup. Uh, that was the first time that Mark Cavendish won uh, a gold medal in a Track World Cup. So they have a lot of beautiful moments between them supporting each other and I thought it was a beautiful way to go. I did say last week that I reckon it would be pretty beautiful and poetic, um, that's my favourite word of this week, for Cav to win in Glasgow at the oh. World Championships at home in home colours, like, oh, my goodness, it would just be like everyone from the Isle of Man would be there and um, everyone from Wales will be there for Geraint Thomas. But I don't think they will set it up to happen because then, well, you don't have a jersey in the peloton for next year and that would be potentially seen as a little bit disrespectful. But if I was Hollywood Merksy, that's <laughs> what I, that's how I would be finishing this story. Well, I think Hollywood writers wrote the last two stages of the Giro d'Italia, so... You know, strap That's yourself true. in for worlds. No, incredible. Uh, the the the. You know, it was an incredible Grand Tour. Um, I, you know, it really the weather, was. the the thing, just to stay to finish the race is a is an accomplishment in itself. And I think you wanted to mention, give a shout out to who was it? Yes, it it is. You're right. Now I don't know the Italian word for lantern rouge, but uh, that's what we call the final finisher at the Tour de France. Um so our lantern rouge of the Giro d'Italia was Nicolas Dallaval. Um now I want to give him a shout out. He writes for Coratech because he finished um in 124th position, so 124 finishes out of 176 starters, 5 hours, 26 minutes and 45 seconds in arrears uh, of Primoz Roglic, which by my estimation, Merksy, he's done 22 stages. He's done an extra stage. Uh, yeah, an extra stage. So 22 for uh, Dallaval, and I reckon uh, there's as many stories that happen at the back that there is at the front. Wow, amazing for, to everyone that finished that bike race. I just can't believe it. Oh, I know. Well, it's, there was a, um, a fellow that I grew up with uh, racing, at Parramatta Cycling Club called Trent Wilson. And uh, Trent went and raced um, in a lot of Italian teams and um, learnt the language and became quite a – he was a good climber, quite a handy uh, racer. And he rode the Giro d'Italia and he's got some great stories about it. Um, but mostly, as you say, just surviving, just getting to the end um, in any way that you possibly can uh, is a massive victory. And uh, we had some young Aussies out there too. So – I think all in all, this is going to be one of the most memorable ones for the highs, for the lows, all of it. I'm exhausted. I need some sleep. I'm exhausted too. <laughs> um, it's the toughest Giro I've ever done. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, now it turns to what's next and particularly what's next for the, the champion, the winner, Primoz Roglic, reports out of Switzerland that he mm. may uh, line up at the Tour de Suisse. Mm. Well, so we've got kind of two races coming up that are big ones ahead of the Tour um, de France because, of course, you can just call it the Tour and everybody knows what you're talking about. We've got the Dauphiné uh, and we've got Tour of Swiss. Dauphiné uh, tends to be more pure climbing and uh, the Tour of Swiss, they tend to have a few more stages that the sprinters can win. And typically people kind of divide their their resources across the two races and often that means that the the favorites won't meet they might take opposite programs um but so the Dauphiné we're expecting to see Yumbo back um on the high I mean after winning the Giro but with some fresh horses because Vingegaard's back Christophe Laporte 
Um, we'll see them in action and he'll be very much going um, going for some big results there, especially on the climbs. And fair to say that when he has started this year, he's been uh, in pretty pretty good climbing form. So I'm looking forward to that. The Dolphin we've got Primoz Roglic. He won last year. He won't be back. But Vingegaard was second last year. And you know who was third? And you know who's coming back, Mercy? Tell me. Glutes O'Connor. Oh, Glutes. 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 Back. (laughs) So we're looking forward to seeing him um, do his climby, climby thing. And then Tour of Swiss, if Roglic is in fact back for that, I mean, it's one of the races that he hasn't, um, he hasn't won before. So he could be on a bit of a mission there. Uh, But Geraint Thomas actually won that last year. Um, And so... I don't believe Geraint Thomas Merksey uh, will be there again, though, because rumours are that he's uh, headed to Ibiza to uh, find a beer keg. (laughs) (laughs) And who could blame him, too? Uh, There's a bit of chat about where we'll see the rainbow jersey of Remco of Vanapol pop up. What do you reckon? I don't know. I mean, I think people are going to talk about it, talk about it until he has a firm plan. Um, There'd be a lot of pressure on him to get racing again and then a lot of eyeballs. I think it is a very tough time to come back to racing if you're not focusing on the Tour de France. So for him to do Dauphiné or Tour of Swiss, there will probably be unnecessarily a lot of pressure on him when he's not then going on to aim uh, for the Tour de France. So I reckon that we may not even see him racing for a little while because he may just... Uh, really be preparing for the national championships, which are a big goal of mm. his. And then, of course, leading into Worlds. Glasgow, um, where he wants to not only defend his road race title, but win the time trial. If mm. I was Team Remco, I'd protect him a little bit from uh, the craziness that's been, let him do his thing and just bring him out when he's ready. Uh, but there's, I mean, the, it kind of highlights that we now, you know, go back 12 months ago and everybody was just talking um, about. Pogacar, who can beat him? Will he ever be beaten? Um, lo and behold, Vingegaard did. And all of a sudden now we've got this almost stable of um, different athletes that we're talking about challenging. So I think that between the Dolphinae and seeing um, Jumbo back over at Swiss, Wout Van Aert is going to be out for um, Jumbo as well. So we've got we've got a few exciting, few exciting races coming up. It's going to be hard to beat the Giro though. I mean... You know, just from an entertainment point of view. Absolutely. Now, oh, you mentioned Pogacar. He uh, posted during the week he's out of the kitchen. And <laughs> good, he's, yeah, uh, good. He's out of the kitchen where he was on his trainer and he's been back on the bike, which is really good to see. Uh, he posted some shots on, on his on his TT bike and um, he's got a little wrist guard on. But good to see him back in training and we hope to see him racing very soon. Yes, we do. He, we last talked about him when he was doing uh, toe crunches and we uh, kind of pontificated <laughs> over what a toe crunch may be. It turns out it's an ab exercise where you lie on your back and put your legs in the air and try and touch your toes um, using your abdominal muscles. Now, why are we talking about this, you might ask, Merksy? Because it says to me that looking after things like your core strength they're the small things that can make such a positive impact and difference in terms of injury and longevity through tours, um, but often gets kind of left behind a bit because you've got so many other things to focus on. So he has taken this time to step back and drill in 
um, on all of those little things. He's got abs of steel now. It's reported from all the toe crunching. And um, I'm excited to see him racing again, actually. If nothing oh. else, I reckon he'll be bored. So incredible will animate it. And speaking of abs of steel, Joel, we'll be back next <laughs> week for our 50th episode, Catherine Lindsay. Uh, so get well, Joel. Uh, we miss you. Now, moving on from the Giro d'Italia and Pogacar's uh, wrist, let's go to London, Kate. Let's zoom on over in the uh, in the wheelhouse private jet over to London because the women have been racing Ride London and uh, some pretty interesting results, actually. Uh, Merksy, we saw Chloe Diget back. Uh, back in action for Canyon SRAM. It's been a pretty long-awaited return to the sport, actually, because she had, um, some people might remember, horrific uh, leg injury at the World Championships um, a couple of years ago in the time trial, and she hit um, a road barrier on the side and, and sliced her leg. We didn't know at the time whether she'd be able to return to racing at all. Um, and so I think that that in and of itself is a really positive thing to see uh, her back. But, you know, in these new social media times, Merxy, you've only got to uh, make one bad tweet and you become quite controversial. And she found herself in a bit of hot water, uh, getting a little bit of, I don't know, what do we call it? Like um, decorum training from Trek Sega Fredo? Mm, sensitivity I don't know. training. Do you think she'll get back to her best? Yeah. Look, I, I mean, so at Ride London, she was sensational and she won a stage and ended up uh, second on the GC overall, to come back and have such an impact and be sprinting so well, especially when she's predominantly not um, a sprinter, I think that we can say that, you know, she's clearly on exceptional form and she's got great legs and a great attitude and Canyon SRAM are really supporting her. Um, I think if anything, she's been given a bit of a hard time on social media by the haters and, uh, you know, all I can say, Merksy, is if we were all judged by um, the worst thing we said or the, the worst day we had, oh. um, then I think it would be a pretty harsh world. So I want to give her a um, bit of a second chance and um, not write her off and just say it's exciting to have her back. Oh, yeah, And she did mention, you know, that it is something that the injury will probably affect her for the rest of her career. She said that the blood flow uh, will forever be affected so she'll have to deal with that and manage with that so we wish her well what else was going on at, we uh, do Ryan we do London? well so we talked about how um chloe Dygert was second uh lizzie armistead um lizzie Dagnan now of course she is back from maternity leave she was third amazing to see her back on the um, podium because it wasn't too long ago that um she was just making up bunch numbers at the classics and getting back into the racing. So she's roaring back, um, might I add, for exceptionally good timing um, heading into the Tour de France fam. Uh, but Charlotta Cool, she's so cool. She won the GC. She won the final stage. Um, I knew you'd like that one. I Rexy. like that. Having a That's bit of a very giggle. nice. I see what you uh, did there. <laughs> <laughs> now, she's um, at DSM. And she, last year we remember her as the Mark Renshaw to the Mark Cavendish. She was the most exceptional lead-out rider for Lorena Vibes that you could ever hope for. And I remember watching some of the exceptional moves that Charlotte Cool uh, made and thinking that in her own right uh, she would be an excellent sprinter because some sprinters 
are very good as lead outriders, but not necessarily, they can't carry the same sway on their own. Um, but this young lady, I tell you, she has absolutely come leaps and bounds since she's been given that opportunity uh, to step up and not just in the shadow of Lorena Vibes. So she's a lot of cool, big win. I mean, she, afterwards she said it was just like, the team's just so good. Like it's so easy we don't have to go over the plan 10 times. We instinctively know each other really well. Uh, and the lead out is working perfectly. Mm. If you contrast that to what was happening over at Canyon SRAM where Chloe Dargett was saying, you know, we, we're only just working together as a team because we're all new coming together, um, then it's a bit of a different story. But to throw in a bit of an Aussie flavour into it as well, um, big shout to Sarah Roy, who was writing for Canyon SRAM and um, really helped bring that lead out together for Diget uh, in the end. And she's had a bit of a rough trot. And also um, the wonderful Loretta Hansen is back for Trek, which is fantastic um, after what's been a bit of a crappy year for her as well. And, um, oh, Merxie, did you notice? Not Trek Segafredo anymore. Goodbye, coffee. Um, hello, Lidl. Lidl. Is it Lidl? Lidl. Lidl, the supermarket. Lidl. This, yeah. Yes. That's Lidl from, uh, is Aldi. I mean, same, same. Slightly July 1. Design, but July 1, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So at the Tour de France, we'll be seeing um, Lidl Trek. So it's just like in Lidl case the Trek. commentators oh. ever got used to any team names, <laughs> um, thank you, Lidl Trek, for um, throwing that little bit of a spanner in works. And before we leave London, I just would like to give a shout out to Alyssa Balsamo, who had that awful crash in stage one in hospital for four days. She just got out uh, and is continuing her recovery. But um, thoughts on yeah. that? We, yeah, we, we wish her the best. I mean, that was a rough crash. She broke her jaw on both sides and um, has had to have a few titanium plates popped in there. Um, also fractures of a hand that will heal without surgery. Uh, and I think by the time that she gets through her rehab with her jaw, um, that her body will be ready to go. But I, I think that kind of fall is tough, Merxie, because it's not just about the physical toll of it and, you know, overcoming a, a facial reconstruction of sorts, which she's had to have with some plates put in um, to her lower jaw. I, I think it can be a bit intimidating to then come back out into the bunch. And so she has said that, you know, she's focusing on the Tour de France fam, but her participation in that will still be in question. And if there's ever any team that will absolutely look after the welfare, I think that um, Trek Segafredo will have her back uh, on that one. But, um, yeah, all our best to Alyssa Balsamo. Crashes suck, don't they? I mean, oh, also, you know, Teo Gagenhart, Geraint Thomas mentioned he was well and truly on the way back up, but um, I look forward to seeing them back out and racing. Absolutely. Uh, while we're speaking all things ladies, the Giro, the oh. ladies Giro, let's, we have to talk about that. It's a bit of a shit fight. It Kate. is a shit show. You are absolutely right. I could probably come up with some more plum words to describe <laughs> it too. What's happened is... The Italian Federation actually owns the Giro Rossa, the women's Giro, and they then put it out for tender uh, and that's kind of who, whoever wins the tender then runs the organisation of it. And the mob that are organising it, they're just no chop, to be honest. So not only um, are we in a situation now where the race starts 
um, on the 30th of June, so less than a month away, and they just announced um, the the courses like last week and they didn't put a press release out or something. They just dumped a Google Drive link um, onto their website, which is a bit amateur of a shocker. Hour. Mm. It's amateur hour. It's a 10-day race. They've put a rest day in um, the middle of a 10-day race, which just – we don't have enough information to know why, except to suggest that there's some monstrous transfers in there. That would be the only reason to do that. Um, but it's since emerged that these are the organisers where last year they were seen as heroes because um, they had a prize pool of 250,000 euros, which is pretty impressive, especially for women's racing. Um, and for comparison, can I say, Merxy, in my day at the Women's Giro Rosa, um, you got 500 euros to win the whole thing, the whole <laughs> Giro, right? <laughs> so the, the thought it. of 250,000 euros prize pot is massive, mm. except they haven't paid a single dollar to last year's winners yet. So I just think that hang on, uh, they're hang doing on. What, the... What do you mean they haven't paid? They haven't paid. Prize money hasn't been paid yet. So Why not? Well, good question. Where's the UCI well, chasing this one up? We'll get I don't know, but I mean, it, it, yeah, it truly is a shit show. But the, the good news is that RCS have the contract um, for next year, and that's not River City Studios where you are, Mercy. <laughs> uh, that is the, the one and, and the same organisers of um, the men's Giro d'Italia. So things are looking up, but it seems like for the last year of their contract, um, this mob they just don't care. And it's a real shame. It's a real disservice to the women's field. Um, and to be honest, I think a lot of the teams um, will do the absolute minimum to be there and just focus on the Tour de France femme. Um, but it's, it's a shame, especially after we've seen such a beautiful men's Giro. Uh, it just really highlights the inequalities there um, when this is what's happening on the women's side. Yeah, to have the, no one paid from last year's race, that's really strange. And we should chase that up and find out why maybe next yeah. week. Um, Bad debtors. Th there's a bit Let's of Aussie an news. He's a, he's, a, he's a mate of the podcast. That's uh, Caleb Ewan. Bit of an ordinary start to the season. Oh, Caleb. But some good news. <laughs> he, it is an ordinary start to the season, but he's won a race. Mercy. Yes. He has. Yes. He's now now you pronounce can... it because, yeah. because I can't <laughs> pronounce it. Okay, so um, when we were talking about this show, you did say that there is no way that you were prepared um, to announce this. He has won the Van Merkstein Fences Classic in Belgium. One more um, time, please. Van Merkstein. Van Merkstein. I'm guessing by the name that if we Googled Van Merkstein Fences... That mm. may be a fencing brand. Um, oh, yeah. We do have some of these delightful random sponsors in cycling, um, but the, the Van Merksteins are fences, I would imagine. Uh, now, he won. It's the first um, win that he's had in his Lotto Destiny colours this year. Uh, he self-proclaims that probably the worst start of his career this season um, has been for him. So that's a bit of a shocker. But um, he did beat Tim Merlier, which is – um, a pretty big one um, to beat. He rides for Sudal Quickstep, of course, and Gerben Tyson um, as well, who was one of the riders who um, we thought Caleb beat, but the judges gave it to Gerben Tyson earlier in the year. Look, this isn't 
um, a massive win. Let's not pretend that uh, this is a grand tour stage. But what I think it does is, in his mind, it kind of breaks the hex. Like, I think he's had a Mm. bit of the yips um, where it doesn't matter what he's done. He's just lost a bit of faith. And um, sometimes turning that corner is very powerful. I mean, we did see him win in Adelaide at the beginning we of did. the year. In the Aussie he, National Colours. He wasn't that was, in, that's right. He wasn't in his yeah. low destiny kit. And it was, I mean, that was sensational for the fans. Um, but I think that's long forgotten in his mind in terms of uh, how his season's been going. So come yeah. on, Caleb, you got this. And uh, I, we're probably going to see him at the tour. I hope so. Yeah. yeah well, me I mean, too. because Good to of get the, that win before the tour. The, the point uh, relegation. Bruhaha. Um, Lotto Sidal chose not to do the Giro at all um, because they're not world tours. So they did have a, war- a wild card, but they chose not to exercise it and instead give their riders uh, kind of a more pronounced run in and preparation for the Tour de France. So <laughs> if you're going to miss one, that's the one to miss because it was horrendous, freezing, and wet. Yes. So. Oh, Caleb would not, would not <laughs> have enjoyed uh, the Giro. So I'm glad. Um, for his sake, that he he wasn't there either, um, but I I think that uh, this will see a very sharp direction change for him um, for the season. I hope so. Anyway, we get behind Caleb. I I feel like since the um, non-selection at the World Championships in Wollongong last year, um, and we had a good chat to Bradley McGee on on the Wheelhouse podcast about that at the time. Um, and how perhaps Caleb got a little bit ripped off in in being left behind. There hasn't been a lot of good news um, about uh, about our Caleb Ewan, so no. it's hoping that turns around. I'll put you on the spot though. Ooh, Worlds is a sprinter's course. So it is. Be... Well, yeah, he'd be great in Glasgow. I mean, yeah. the the difficulty will be to get selected. Um, to be honest, because when you've got riders like Caden Groves and Michael Matthews who've been winning Grand Tour stages in bunch sprints. Um, even he though he couldn't know, be snubbed again, Catherine Lindsay. But he could be Come because on. you're not going to take three sprinters in a squad. Just, well, I guess. Like oh. that. I mean, that's just doesn't really work. And so, but but it will be form based, um, and you know, May and the Giro will be very quickly out of the minds of selectors. Um, when it's coming into selection for Glasgow. So, I mean, let's certainly not negatively write him off in any way. Um, I just think that he will need to get results. He can't rest on the fact that for many years he's been Australia's best sprinter. Um, I think Caden Groves is putting his stake in the ground around that one at the moment too. But maybe that increased competition, Merksy, is exactly what um, they – both need, you know, like rise the tide so they both rise together. Possibly, possibly. Well, I hope we see Caleb in Glasgow because it would be a shame two years in a row. And he's 28. Are you, are you saying 28 like that's ageing or are we saying that like he's still young? I'll just leave that alone. But <laughs> Well, I mean, if, uh, if Geraint Thomas at 37 is a veteran, um, you know, we'll, we'll save Caleb the veteran talk until he... Uh, ticks over into the next decade of his life at least. I mean, he's not as old as Cavill Peter Sagan, but, geez, it would be good to see the three of them there. Oh, <laughs> I'm excited. It would, now, it would. Before Dream we go, we uh, another friend of the podcast, Rup, Rupert Guinness, we were going to talk to him this morning, but he's 
seriously just boarded an aeroplane. He's off to the USA uh, for the race across America. Yes. Well, I mean, I what we didn't ask him when we weren't um, able to secure a time for him, Merxy, is... Is he flying at the at the front pointy end of the plane or not? I don't know. We didn't ask him that. Well, um, I know the, he was uh, in the Qantas Club Lounge having a few before <laughs> he got on the plane at nine yes. o'clock in the morning. So good, good on him. I yes. would too. Uh, but well, it's a um, big a big task ahead of him. It is. So it's a um, an ultra cycling um, event, the race across America, and he gave it a crack last year. Uh, didn't go so well, uh, Merxy. Um, Instead, Roop had to pull out with a bad back. He had a pre-existing uh, kind of back injury and just wasn't able to push through. He did say afterwards uh, that he did probably foresee going in that it wasn't his best preparation, but he wanted to give it a go anyway. Uh, this time he is better prepared and mm. uh, he's got a great support team um, and ready to go over there. And And I heard some rumours um, of the fellas from Escape Collective um, we're trying to um, raise a few funds for his campaign um, by putting out some limited edition uh, mm. merchandise. Have you heard about this, uh, this Merxy? I have heard about it because I, I bought one. Stop it. What is it's, it? It's been distributed. Here it is. Here's a shot of it. It's it's hideous. Wow. But uh, it's okay. been dispatched <laughs> and it's uh, to help Roop. I mean, here's a fellow okay. that's given so much to the sport and uh, – you know, if you want to get behind him and help him, uh, you know, get across America, because he did try it in 2020, uh, but of course COVID struck, so he he did the virtual, the virtual. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the <laughs> this is the shirt that it's uh, from uh, <laughs> from Champion System, and it's the shirt you can they'll they'll you know help support Rupert do the race yes. across America. But yeah, well, it's, it's coming, and I'll post a photo when when I get it. Okay, I want I want to see you in it. And for uh, do you know the history of Roop and his Hawaiian shirts? Because he used yeah, to turn up um, to the Tour de France to every race um, with a different Hawaiian shirt on. Yeah. And um, had the Hawaiian shirts not been of slightly different varieties and colours, you could have assumed that he was wearing the exact same one the whole time. But he did mix it up a little bit. Um, <laughs> I just want to know now, and we will have to ask um, straight from the horse's mouth whether. He's going to be riding um, in said paraphernalia. And the race across America, they go from one coast to the other. It's about 3,000 miles. Um, the biggest thing that they battle uh, is riding in the dark and sleep deprivation. So they have a camper behind them um, that travels. We do have an Australian who's been successful uh, there last year, Merxy. We had an Aussie winner, didn't we? So yeah, he's, he's a Queenslander, that fellow. Not mm. just an Aussie, a Queenslander. No, Queenslander. And yeah. um, says the man, we are fresh from a football code. The NRL had their state of origin uh, I didn't think in Australia. That, but now and, that you have. Um, well, Merxy is a um, through and through Queenslander. And even though I live in Queensland now, I am born and bred in New South Wales, go para. And uh, Merxy, go on. Maroons or blues, what happened? <laughs> the Queensland team. Of course they won in Adelaide. It's a bit foreign to the Adelaideans, but uh, what a great game. Yes, well, victory isn't foreign to the Queensland State of Origin team, unfortunately. See, this is where it's good that um, Joel isn't with us. He would be really rubbing this in. Um, but, Merxy, uh, we will leave on the high note of wishing Roop 
absolutely all the best, Rupert Guinness, for his um, trek across America. Get a little bit of sleep when you can. Uh, we will be checking in with him from over there to see how his journey's going. Uh, but he's a wonderful fellow to get behind. So um, the wheelhouse is throwing our full support behind you, Rupert. Yeah, it uh, kicks off June 13, over 4,900 kilometres, Kate. My goodness me. And not a lot of sleep. So it's not like a Tour de France stage. Um, They ride through the night and only rest uh, when they need to. So Yeah, and all in less than 12 days, all going well. So what an achievement. Uh, We'll be keeping an eye on him. We'll try and speak to him midway through his adventure. But uh, you can go to the, uh, what is it, Escape Collective? Yeah, dot yeah. com and, and, and get yourself buy one, one of, those, of his hideous uh, Hawaiian shirts, Hawaiian shirts <laughs> and then get behind him or at least leave him a little a little message of encouragement. Good Indeed. on you, Ruth. Good on you, Ruth. Hey, uh, Merxy, yeah, are you happy with your co-hosting? I think we've had a great week here. <sighs> not really. I've hit a few wrong buttons. We're not meant to show back here. <laughs> hey? No. Well, and um, if you're only listening, I can tell you that behind Merxy, he's sitting in a control room. Um, there are all the screens and whatnot and yep. all the going-ons. Feeds, happening. all the races. So it's got a bit of a, a multitask happening. But thank you for joining us uh, for another wonderful episode of The Wheelhouse. Next one is going to be massive because it will be 50 episodes um, which is just sensational and unbelievable that we've been uh, stringing them together for nearly a year now. Um, so well done, team. I know. I've got and to go buy some party poppers and some streamers confetti for that. You do, um, yeah. It's a, big, a confetti big cannon, maybe a golden s- buzzer like. Uh, see what we've got in the budget. Like on Australia's Got Talent. And um, Merxy, go and get some sleep because the Dolphin A is coming and it's going to be exciting. So uh, we need to be fresh. All right. Will do. we'll see you guys soon make sure you like share follow and uh thank you for joining us for another week of the wheelhouse